Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another episode of the Tigers Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schulte, and uh, we're going to get into it in just a minute. Um, we got some injury news. Um, Jose Cisnero has gone missing. And uh, outside of that, <laughs> there's really not much more to talk about. Um, so let's get into the injury news. A couple of things. A I won't call this a setback for Casey Mize because if you have Tommy John surgery, you are um, well aware. Well, obviously not too many people have had Tommy John surgery in in normal life. This is mostly an athlete. Well, it is an athlete uh, based surgery. It's something that pretty much you only get if you're an athlete. So, if you've read about or or paid attention to athletes that are rehabbing from Tommy John surgery or read books by athletes who have rehabbed from Tommy John surgery um, or listened to interviews with athletes who have had Tommy John surgery, people like Alex Fiedo and uh, uh, Tarek Skubal, Joey Wentz, um, you know, people like people like that, pitchers who have done it. Jake Rogers is another fine example. Uh, he's a catcher and he had to do all sorts of different things. His Tommy John rehab took longer than most pitchers because of the fact that he is a catcher. And there were some things that he had to do differently. Well, not even differently, but there were throws that he had to, to make comfortably that he wasn't able to make comfortably at first because of the fact that he was basically breaking in a new ligament. So, Casey Mize threw an 18-pitch batting practice live BP. So he threw a 20-pitch live BP on the 26th of August. And then he threw another 18-pitch live BP. I want to say it was on the 29th. And the 18-pitch live BP was supposed to actually be an up-and-down uh, to get him like multiple innings type of feel. And... Uh, he didn't end up making it that far. And so as a result, um, he developed, he felt some fatigue. He was, he was just, he was, he just wasn't feeling good. And so they've shut him down to rest for a few days. They're going to reevaluate him this week. Um, and it's a precautionary measure. But the thing is with Tommy John surgeries like this, you'll have days you'll go through weeks according to people who have had it according to Tarek Skubal and, and Joey Wentz and people like that you'll go through weeks where things are going really really well and then all of a sudden you'll take a step back and you got to start all over again from you know where you were two weeks ago and build back up to that and get past that and then you'll take another step back it's just something that has to go on and it goes on um I know, I know it's a, it's even as much as a day-to-day -day basis. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's Casey Mize's issue. Um, Riley Green dove for a ball in left field, sorry, in right field on Friday and um, bashed his elbow on the turf at guaranteed, I think it's guaranteed right field now um, in Chicago. And uh, 
So he is he is on the ten day injured list. Um, he they they figured that they were going to just make it a day to day thing. Uh, he woke up Saturday morning, his elbow was quite swollen and painful, and so they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna IL you." So they did that. He's on the ten day injured list. Um, they're hoping to have him back late September, so maybe he'll get in another six or seven games. Uh, probably six because they got uh, the last six home ga- the last six games are are home games so they they're probably not going to have him unless he's rehabbing with the team they don't probably don't want him to come out to um la well oakland would be where they're at um on the 22nd to uh to deal with you know to come out and 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 all of that so they'll probably send him to toledo for his, his rehab assignment um Provided the swelling has gone down, it depends. It depends on how much how much time they think he needs. So, um, so those are your injury updates. Um, now on to the case of where is Jose Cisnero? So, Jose Cisnero was placed on waivers, and teams had until August thirty first to claim him. He was placed on waivers on August 29th. He pitched on August 30th and pitched quite well. Looking at the transaction logs, the last transactions were on August 30th. There was nothing on August 31st. And usually, when a player is claimed off of waivers, the transaction log will show you who that player was. So when Eric Haas got got DFA'd, he was on the waiver wire and Cleveland claimed him. And it actually showed Eric Haas getting claimed by, by Cleveland. It does not show where Jose Cisnero is, what has happened to Jose Cisnero. For that matter, it did not show the transaction of Jose Cisnero being put on the waiver wire. So I have no idea what's going on with Jose Cisnero. Um, didn't see him at all this weekend in the game against in the series against Chicago. So I I don't know if he passed if he cleared waivers, then he could ask for his release. They could send him to Toledo. He could decline that and be asked for his release, or they could keep him on the forty man roster because he's cleared waivers. So I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen there. Uh, where is Jose Cisnero? Um, for those of you who are wanting Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy to be called up from AAA when September call-ups came, you did not get your wish. Andre Lipsius and Miguel Diaz were called up, uh, um, the utility infielder and pitcher relief pitcher respectively, um, to fill out those two roster spots. And, uh, So that's that's um, that's what's going on with with uh, the minor league system and the ro- the roster moves and your injuries. Now, with Green being hurt, we have to look to Spencer Torkelson to be the number one overall pick. And on Sunday. Well, Saturday and Sunday, he played like it. He didn't hit a homer on Saturday, but he got a couple of big knocks uh, in Detroit's 10-0 shellacking of Chicago, and oh, how sweet that was. I was a little disappointed because 
my daughter got ice cream all over herself and needed a bath before the end of the game. So I couldn't finish listening to the absolute teardown of the Chicago White Sox. But I was thrilled that Detroit swept that series. I was able to listen to all the all of the game on Sunday and enjoy the fact that Detroit swept the hated Chicago White Sox. So Spencer Torkelson needs to pick it up. He's gotten a couple of big hits on Saturday. He hit a, a monster shot. 430-foot home run into left center field on Sunday. Uh, his 25th, by the way. He might get to 30 home runs. He could get to 30 home runs. Uh, there's 27 games left, so all he needs to do is hit five home runs in those 27 games, and he's got it. Now, let's look at what he's got coming up in the schedule. Because he's got three against the Yankees, uh, including Garrett Cole tomorrow night. Then they come home for three against the White Sox. And in all honesty, I haven't broken it down uh, park by park, but I think he hits he's, he hits for more power on the road than he does at home. He can hit homers at home, and he does. But I don't think he hits as many at home as he does on the road. And people will sit there and say, oh, that's Comerica for you. Um, have you seen Pittsburgh's left field? Um, have you seen Boston's right field? Comerica's biggest field is center field. He hits the ball to left most of the time when he hits home runs. He is, he is in touch with his pull power. And if you pull the ball to left field, you can hit it out of Comerica Park. It's not that hard. Of course, I say that as somebody who's never swung a baseball bat before in my life. But, you know, can't be that hard. It's only 330 feet or something. Um... So there you go. And for a guy that hits baseballs 430 feet, he hit a home run in Detroit that was 400 and over 440 feet, and it was still going when it hit the back wall of the 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 bleachers. So it went between the upper and lower decks of the bleachers. No, actually, it hit the wall that that has uh, the Hall of Fame numbers retired on it. It was still going when it hit that wall. So if that wall hadn't been there, it would have gone a lot further. And that was to dead central. So he can hit it out of any ballpark. But uh, I digress. So he's got a chance to hit five homers. And be a 30 home run hitter. But what I want him to do, what I think he needs to do is, is, is focus down on just getting on base. Because if Akil Badu is in front of you and he's on, if he's on second, he's going to score on just about anything. Zach McKinstry can score on, on, a, on a base hit from second base. So you got guys in front of you who are going to score if you get on base. If you hit your way on base. If you walk, then you walk. But that's good because that makes the pitcher throw more, ba more pitches. So I just want him to focus more on that than actually hitting home runs because he doesn't need to hit the long ball all the time. He doesn't need to go up there hitting the home runs every single time he get, gets a hit. Spencer Torkelson is well in touch with his power, but he needs to get in touch with his ability to hit. Riley Green is a more advanced hitter than Spencer Torkelson, even though he's younger 
but because he was drafted straight out of high school in 2019, he's had a chance to develop his hitting abilities at the professional level a little bit better than Spencer Torkelson. Yeah, Spencer Torkelson was in college and he played three years at Arizona State. I get that. But there's a difference between college pitching and minor league pitching. And minor league pitching is generally speaking better than college pitching. And so Spencer Torkelson needs the chance to develop that ability to hit major league pitching, which is diff- different from minor league pitching. Riley Green had three seasons in the major, or two, two and a half seasons in the minors. Spencer Torkelson had one. And he was on the fast track. He started out at high A West Michigan, moved up to double A Erie, moved up to triple A Toledo. And that was him in 2021. 2022 was he, he made the opening day roster. I believe in 21, he was actually a September call up with Ryan Kreidler. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think. So, he comes up as a September call-up. He's had one season in the minor leagues. College isn't that much, isn't that impressive. He's got to mature a little bit more as a hitter. Riley Green's a more mature hitter, even though he's a younger, a younger player. Terry Carpenter, drafted in the same draft class as Riley Green. Also a more mature hitter. Now, Kerry Carpenter also played, played college ball as compared to high school. And so in a lot, in a lot of ways, we can, we can compare Kerry Carpenter and Spencer Torkelson more so than we can compare Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green because Kerry Carpenter came out of college in 2019. Of course, Torque came out in 2020 with the COVID situation being what it was. And so for Carp, Really, he's got maybe half a season more than Torque does, but he still was able to mature a little bit as a hitter before he came to the big leagues. And that's what, that's what, that's what Spencer Torkelson needs to do. He will, but give him time. So my wife is going off to guide dog school in the u.s on sunday and she asked me she said what are you going to be doing this time next week and i said recording a podcast and i basically outlined the upcoming schedule so they've got three against the yankees uh starting tomorrow they've got three at home against the white Sox on friday starting friday next tuesday is three against the reds then they go on the road six in la three against the ranger or the angels three against the dodgers and then three in oakland um, and then they come home for three against the Guardians and three against the Royals, and they'll finish that. They'll finish off the regular season. So out of those twenty-seven games, my wife asked me. She said, "How many I think they're going to win?" I picked them to win eight. Now they're at sixty-three wins right now, so that would get them at se- up to seventy-one. That's progress, folks. That's still progress. 
That's five games better than what they did last year. And let's look at where things are right now. If they win one game out of the three against Chicago this weekend, which they will do, they should win two. But if they win one game out of that, out of that series, they've won the season series against Chicago. That means they'll have won the season series against every team in their division this year. One game. I really think where they're going to make their hay and win these eight games is in these divisional series. I don't think they might win one against against New York. They might win one against the Dodgers, one against the Angels, maybe. They haven't won a series against the Angels in, in, in L.A. Since, since 2019. Now that's a little bit misconstru a little bit misgiving because um twenty twenty was of course the COVID year. But they don't win in Oakland. Remember in twenty twenty one they went out to Oakland and got swept in four games after sweeping Houston? They just don't win in Oakland. So I don't expect them to do that this year. Oh, Oakland's a bad team. They were a bad team when they came into Detroit and took two out of three. They just cannot beat Oakland. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to make their hay in those nine divisional games. And do I think they're going to win eight out of nine? No. But I think they're going to win at least five of those nine games. I don't know what they're going to do against the Reds. I haven't seen the Reds play but they'll probably win one out of three games against the Reds as well because they only took one out of three against the Cubs and the Reds are a better team than the Cubs. So one against the Yankees, one against the Reds, one against LA, that's three. So those other six are going to have to be, have to got, be gotten in those nine divisional games. And for them to go six and three in the division, that that's not impossible. That's not a bad thing either. I want to thank Anchor for distributing the podcast. We're on Apple Music, Spotify, Google uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Like, rate, and subscribe over there. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash at TV podcast. You can get a hold of me on Mastodon, TV podcast at tweezcake.social. That's T-W-E-E-S-E cake dot social. Uh, I'm on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at podcast tigers. You can email the show, tigersbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. It's the world's longest email address, and I'm proud of that. Until next week, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. I'm Chris Schulte. Go Tigers.